Remember, remember, the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Sorry that we're a little late. Um, I had to take an opportunity to make sure that I had spoken to my guests ahead of time before coming on about any, you know, to be sure that they were comfortable and if there was anything we didn't want to talk about. So um, today my guests will be Shapeshifter and Freya. They are both, uh, well, one of them is former trans and the other one is current trans. And they're both activists specifically about the issue um, of transition in early children and they oppose it. And they're also against just grooming in general. So unfortunately, Shapeshifter is only available for so long. So we're gonna talk a lot with them first, but Freya will also be involved in the conversation. If this is your first time checking out V Radio, be sure to go to hy.page slash V Radio so that you can subscribe to me on all of my different platforms. So like, especially now, is <laughs> like, as you guys know, I just had a strike a content strike for alleged hate speech that had me out for a week. So I think my days on YouTube are going to be numbered. I'm checking out Odyssey. Um, I'm already on Odyssey. I'm already on Rumble. I actually did a stream on Odyssey recently just to test it. And it has a lot of cool features. Like you can actually post pictures in Odyssey in the chats. So like if you want to share a meme or something. Um, <clears throat> the problem is, is that the, the algorithm over there is kind of vicious. Like, isn't it's hard to get noticed. I don't get a lot of Rumble viewers either. And I don't know why. I don't know what it is that I did, but you know, there's something about my settings or whatever. So, but it's really imperative, especially now. Like I didn't even monetize this, and I didn't use the the groomer word because I don't want it to get deleted and get hit again, which is entirely possible, you know, because there are people that are completely comfortable with that, you know, with uh, censorship so long as it's somebody that they don't, you know, agree with. Obviously, that's the direction that we're headed. Saying hello to people in the chat. Thank you guys for uh, waiting today. I originally had scheduled this for 2 p.m., but it was a miscommunication between me and the guests. So we're going to go ahead and get them on here. I'm going to bring them on and ask them to introduce themselves. Welcome, Shapeshifter, and welcome, Freya, to the show. Hi. So I guess I am 32-year-old detransitioning male. Again, I started transitioning when I was 22, and... um. I didn't grow up in the United States and I just was identifying as a gay man till somebody asked me what my pronouns were because I was an androgynous uh, person who was like naturally very feminine and I like gender bending fashion. And shortly after quick research, I got convinced I was a transgender woman and I got obsessed with transition and quickly, you know, to, was able to get hormones easily and literally my transition, I guess, was complete within a year surgically. Like I got facial work, breast work, and literally a year later, I got so-called bottom surgeries that gave me a bunch of complications and like ruined my life um, because it wasn't what doctors promised me. Um, they did not inform me about all the complication rates and they did not inform me what I could expect i was also not informed that i would have to take hormones for the rest of my life nobody literally told me about that um so yeah i have now a bunch of medical issues i am unable to have sex and i was in florida last week 
testifying against medicalization of children. But I was literally scared to even share my story in public manner like that. I mean, before that, I've been sharing my story online on YouTube. But this was the first time I really went out in a field to do like, I guess, infield activism. And I was literally scared for my life because the whole place was crawling with trans radical activists and I guess non-binary college students who haven't even taken any hormones or haven't had any surgeries ever yelling and holding signs, uh, save trans kids. And um, so we had almost like nine or 10 detransitioners sharing their stories. All of them have been damaged by medical transition, yet uh, nobody cared about their stories. Every time somebody said something trans positive, everybody was yelling and screaming and clapping. So they were just acting so crazy. And I was just literally worried for my safety. And after I talked to Freya, I realized her situation was even worse. It was like Antifa targeting her. So like this made me so scared that I don't want to even do any more in-person activism because I'm just like worried because these people are so like deep in ideology and they really believe that the best thing to do is to affirm gender like non-conforming children which i know is pretty dangerous um after my medical transition i honestly realized that i've been lied to by my doctors and there's really no research showing that specifically bottom surgery has any mental health benefits in the long run if anything it can increase suicidality rate uh among the populations that does get sex reassignment surgery so yeah that's where i'm at and moving forward, I just feel like we need to more do more research and see if there is other ways to help people who are experiencing dysphoria before radical medical intervention. So yeah, that's pretty much story <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> wow. Well, man, you jumped right in. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm glad to have you on. I want to give Freya an opportunity to introduce themselves as well. So go yes. ahead, Freya. <laughs> Well, I'm Freya. I go by Freya Lee 5806 on Twitter. Um, I joined Gays Against Groomers and Trans Against Groomers um, because I was tired of the insanity that we've been facing this entire time and the gross overcorrection that's been happening. Um, I'm happy in my transition, but like one one thing I remember is one of my mentors um, who went through the full process. Uh, luckily, they caught me in time, and they ended up telling me what happened to them with their bottom surgery, and it pretty much mirrors uh, Richie or Tulip, our story, pretty much one for one, and I was like, oh, and I originally thought, you know, freak occurrence, bad doctor, and, you know, went down the same diatribe. You hear a lot of people throw at D-trans, and then I kept hearing them and kept finding them and complications and other issues and the other nuances from just being in the community. And then seeing people that were coming forward as the transitioners and then seeing them get crucified uh, by the trans community. I'm like, that makes no sense. It's like, oh, you have to unfollow. You have to hate this person now. And I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Why would, like, why wouldn't we support them? I thought we were worried about suicidal ideation here. Are we actually worried about the ideation or not? Like, what are we really doing? And to see it happen where we're accepting, you know, literal rapists, murderers, and child molesters as trans and fighting tooth and nail for their rights in prisons. But desisters, detrans, or transit 
think differently than the collective. Oh, they, they're not allowed to exist. They have to be canceled. They have to be silenced. They have to be harassed. Looking at what happened to Casey Miller, and I don't mean to like weaponize Casey's story on any level, but what happened to Casey when they came forward with their story, it wasn't targeted at anyone. It wasn't trying to like get any surgeries removed. It was just them telling their experience and what happened with them. And then they get crucified for it. It just blows my mind that we're at this point. And I remember sitting there talking with Ariel and Buck and uh, Richie. And it's like, you know, it, what should we do? What banner should we go under to try and effect a good change here and actually like try and stop this growth of a correction and the misinformation, especially around trans kids. And we all agreed to go to Case Against Groomers. And then all of a sudden, we get vilified and become uh, a hate group because we're transphobic. And there's a bunch of us trans that were like raising our hands, like, wait, what? You know, we're here. We're part of the organization. Right. What are you talking about? And it's just crazy. So then it has just been a storm of events since then. So this is, um, I pulled this up just because it kind of popped up on my feed. I guess 22 hours ago, Libs of TikTok posted that Florida did just ban puberty blockers, cross-sex hey. hormones, and sex reassignment surgery for minors. Um, so I wanted to talk, first of all, a little bit about my own point of view here, which is just that my experience with trans people in my life came from the fact that, like, one of, like, like is in the best person at my wedding was a trans person. Um, I had a roommate for over a year who watched my kids who was a trans person. And I also have another trans, you know, friend of mine who's literally dying of cancer right now. So it's like, that's the concern that I have is that there's a libertarian part of me that believes that you should be allowed to do this. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, it's, it's really not relevant. Like, you call yourself whatever pronoun you want, and I'll do that. Like, <laughs> I'm not even super hung up on, like, bathrooms and stuff like that. But there are other aspects of this that concern me because I'm worried that Big Pharma, which is not trustworthy, is going to do exactly like what Shapeshifter just, you know, talked about. You know, there's money being made, you know, yep. um, and I'm worried that they're basically just experimenting on people and you know at the end of the day if an adult comes to the conclusion that this is what's best for them I, that that's fine you know the the other issues however come up when and this is actually ironic because um people are panicking right now you know with the political stuff and it's like well you guys are going after their kids you know and that's a bipartisan thing <laughs> i know a lot 100%. of democrats right now who are not comfortable with this either they're not going to get on Twitter and fight about it. They're just not going to vote for you. <laughs> like, and, you know, I don't, and my reason bringing it up is that this is actually a bipartisan concern for many people. This, you know, only one side has just been silenced about it. I've been told that it's not acceptable, you know, if, if they, they hold that view, you know. So we end up with this bizarre situation that we're in now. We're also... Uh, I coached my daughter to an elite level in wrestling. She's a national champion. And when the trans athletes and sports thing came out, I just went and read the studies myself. You know, wrestling is a sport where girls are basically kind of forced to wrestle co-ed through much of their career in most states because there just isn't enough girls participating. And we're just finally getting girls their own divisions started. And nobody knows 
that weight classes isn't going to cut it <laughs> more than a female wrestler. Like my daughter was like, nope, no thanks. You know, and again, my daughter doesn't hate trans people either. You know, it just, when we get to a point that first of all, if somebody shares the science, that's actually the only thing I've ever had my life threatened for. That's the only thing I've ever been doxxed for was making those videos, sharing the real science about what's going on with trans athletes, you know, and they're not going to stop me. They, you know, if they're going to show up here, they better be armed. But my big problem is, is that they don't want to have honest conversations. And more importantly, they don't want anyone else to have honest conversations either. Like the fact that Shapeshifter is concerned that, you know, they don't want to do any more public activism is unfortunately exactly what they want. They want to terrorize people who are telling the truth of this. You know, so I guess now that I've, you know, kind of identified what my position on it is, you know, I'm not anti-trans by any means. I, you know, I just, if I have any questions, it's going to be that I'm concerned that there are too many people making money off of your problem that yep. I, that I can't trust. Do, do you want to go ahead and comment first shapeshifter since I know you're yes, here for uh, I, about medicalization. Like I'm a patient for life now. I have to pay for my testosterone. Um, I'm a YouTuber, so you can follow me on YouTube, Shape Space Shifter. So uh, before going on testosterone, I tried injections, but they were giving me allergic reaction, and I tried patches, so that didn't work. So one thing people don't know, you cannot take testosterone in a pill form. So the last option that worked for me was gel, and the copay for the testosterone gel, something my testicles used to produce naturally, but no longer, I don't longer have testicles surgery so the copay is 160 bucks so like i have to pay that till the rest of my life if i want to keep on taking testosterone if i don't take testosterone i'm completely lethargic uh no energy so yeah pretty much i'm dependent on synthetic hormones till the rest of my life who knows when i'll lose health insurance or who knows like what if we're in a nuclear apocalypse and there is no supply of hormones i'll uh, my bones will become even more brittle because I already have osteoporosis. So, yeah, this is where I'm at. I'm unable to have sex. I'm literally dependent on ability to orga To be able to orgasm, I have to keep on taking testosterone. If I don't take testosterone, I can barely orgasm or I won't have any sex drive. Also, the surgeons are completely experimenting on us. They have no reason to get this right because they gonna they make money of all consults. They make money of the first surgeries. They make money of all the revisions. So there's really like, there's also no benchmarks. There's no definition of what successful vaginoplasty is or phalloplasty. So that's done on purpose, which is why there is so far like zero lawsuits pretty much that's been successful against so-called gender affirming surgeons because they can do whatever and like, not, nobody can go up against them so far, you know. I'm getting so many messages every day. People are telling me, well, see your doctors, see your surgeons. It's just not that easy, you know. WPATH, which is like a leading organization that sets standards, it's an activist organization that's led by Marcy Bowers, who is like a straight man that transitioned, like straight man is autogynophilia. So he's literally setting standards for the surgeries that he's performing for profit. So there's definitely a conflict of interests. And somebody has to look into this because this is actually no longer a political issue. I'm just like asking everyone to put aside their political differences and ideological differences, religion, and really look at the science. There is really no 
evidence showing that the best thing you can do to people who are questioning their gender is to give them drugs and surgery. It's like literally not like at the conference where I was, not at the conference, but at the board meeting hearing in Florida, there were doctors who said that like the science we have so far, the studies are junk for the most part, you know? <laughs> so there's really no conclusions to be drawn. We kind of have to go back and do more research. But in the meantime, it's not safe to give people surgeries and hormones just because they ask for it. There has to be some kind of pushback to make people question uh, where those desires are coming from. Because a lot of people in the trans community have childhood trauma, have like all kinds of other issues that were completely overlooked. And they were just allowed to take testosterone, allowed to take estrogen and do all the surgeries. And now they can't go back, you know, they need all the surgeries for construction. And they don't even know if like insurance will cover it. They have to start GoFundMe and beg for money. It's like so sad. And none of the surgeries were medically necessary. But if surgeons admit that it's not medically necessary, then it won't be covered by insurance and they will be losing income. So that's what it comes down to. It all comes down to money and greed so yeah and that's been my concern about it from the beginning um in addition to the fact that i think that they're becoming too quick to diagnose this situation itself um yep. you know and if somebody legitimately has a problem then by all means but there's a huge profit motive here you know and that's yes. something that it bothers me that people that i would have considered to be activists on the same side of like left versus right who are now just all on board with big pharma big pharma knows what it's doing big pharma huge corporations making crazy amounts of money i mean why would they ever like lead us astray like i'm like where the where the hell are you people getting this from like i had brett weinstein on my show and he and i talked about that very issue it's like there's huge amounts of money being made you know and whenever that happens it's not always but it's they have a, a vested interest at this point in taking advantage of people and then the children like have either of you watched the the trans train documentary uh i've heard of it i haven't watched it but just to comment on what you said um it just it is crazy that all the social justice warriors that usually hate like straight white men cis men whatever they call them literally most of CEOs of big pharma are cis straight white men, you know, they don't care about minorities. <laughs> they only care right. about the bottom line, you know, and like first time in history we have a dollar signs attached to a vulnerable minority. Of course, all those people are vulnerable and like a lot of them are have mental issues, you know, that haven't been solved in this medical transition. And now some of them are medicalized patients for life, you know. <laughs> so it's more additional issues, like it's compounding trauma instead of actually helping people. Yeah, so this white men, they don't care about what happens to us. It's just like, <laughs> I mean, just from a socialist, I, I don't have nothing against like white straight men. I'm just saying it's like a typical leftist logic. So, yeah. Right. And it's just, it eats itself. Like, I don't, I don't get it. So I want to give Freya an opportunity to pop in here. Did you have any comments on what has been said so far? Well, oh God, so much. I mean, I, I completely agree with the monetary aspect of it because... It's about thirty, forty thousand dollars for bottom surgery for a male to female. Uh, Shapeshifter can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, then it's about yeah. about two hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars for a female to male bottom surgery to be done. And as Shape pointed out, the cost of testosterone is just ridiculous. Okay, 
So consider how much shape just said he has to pay for testosterone. I'm spending 20 bucks on estrogen and spironolactone in comparison. So like it's super available and cheap and easy for people to get and compare and transition. Um, then you have the explosion of female to male happening. And then you have WPATH. Oh God, WPATH. Like even the president WPATH Bowers states that any child given GNRH puberty blockers, Lupron, whatever you want to call it, at a kid before Tanner stage two has never developed functionality as an adult. And they have to go through an extremely more radical procedure to even get the operation. So what's the benefit then at this point to have kids transition early besides cosmetic value? And it's mainly trans women, uh, older trans women at that, um, and late life transitioners that don't actually get to the point where they can be passable. And then the committee itself playing like no true Scotsman and basically getting in a pissing contest of passability with each other to encourage and coax that mentality to push it on kids younger. And the thing is, is they're not like pushing it specifically for uh, trans men because the power of testosterone and the effect it has on on women to transition them to be uh, passing is extremely effective in comparison to estradiol. And so then you have this constant medicalization and overcorrection. WPATH themselves, even in, uh, when we started calling up children's hospitals, so Libs of TikTok called out Boston Children's Hospital. I got the attention from Christina Button calling out UCSF, uh, Ben Koff Children's Hospital in San Francisco. So I started uh, going after them and putting out their guidelines that in their own guidelines, they mentioned that they transition, they see children as young as two to 25 for transition. And then ends up going and their video saying they have patients as young as two coming to them. So we start calling them out on that. And then they changed the website to say, we only have social and emotional development for children at that young of an age. And I'm like, what does a two or three-year-old need a gender-affirming clinic for? Are you saying because the parents need to change the kids' clothes and pronouns, they need a gender-affirming clinic for that? And what two or three-year-old needs actual therapy? And it's just mind-numbing because they haven't even hit pubescence to actually be going through the real uh, problem with gender dysphoria and the ideation that they would get would necessarily be around puberty mainly as their body's changing in a direction that causes the anxiety and that ideation. And it's just insane. Like nobody's thinking about it. It's just a belief system. It's just believe, just believe. Oh, you're committing transgenocide if, if you do this because you're denying the medical um, care to a minority group. And it's just gotten to this untenable point of ridiculousness. And, you know, with WPATH, they're also removing the age guidelines on everything to protect doctors because we were calling out and everybody was calling notice to this when they started saying, we don't offer surgeries to anyone under 18. And then, you know, Chloe Cole pops up and tells uh, her story and it's the complete flaunt to the face of this these organizations that are swearing up and down and getting caught in the lies. 
and they have only monetary benefits off of us and using us for more money. And, it, and it's disturbing all the pieces we see coming together here on this note too. And that's where all of us are getting scared. Like, I honestly believe in five years, if this isn't stopped or mitigated and some reason brought back into it, we're going to have a humanitarian crisis, which has never before seen in human history. And we're talking about millions of children opted out of the gene pool and sterilized. And then Stock 8 came out for WPATH recently, which connected eunuch and castration fetish into the archives for the world professional um, authority on trans health. And like Shapeshifter said, they went from being uh, uh, an organization supposed to be setting guidelines to a radical organization that's removing them to fast track this process. So one of the reasons I brought up the, the Swedish documentary Trans Train, which you can find on YouTube, and I think what I'll do is I'll put the links to it in the description of this show. Um, it was actually a Swedish documentary that somebody bothered to put English subtitles to where it is, has multiple parts. And it went over basically Sweden's journey through the issue of early transition and how there was a time period where they just literally were not allowed to say no ever. Like doctors were not allowed to ever deny them no matter what was going on, um, you know, and it eventually led to Sweden just doesn't allow early transition anymore. And it, that was one of the things that I, I concerned about is it makes me wonder how many kids are going to get hurt in the meantime, while they're figuring all of this out. Um, there clearly is not a, there's like, well, one thing, for example, Brett Weinstein and I talked about this was you can't say that, you know, for sure, that something does not have long-term consequences if it hasn't been done long-term. Like, they cannot just say, well, we know these things are safe forever if that's never happened. Like, and so what I'm concerned about is, is that aside from the fact that we have reached a point where the truth is optional, obviously, the truth is totally optional, you know, um, and if you try to say a truth that we don't like, you know, then you're a bigot or you're evil, um, even if it's the truth, like, so let me interject. So go ahead. We do know and have known for decades what would happen if this happened. So if you take in consideration to just dis, uh, disorders of sexual development, they actually point to what happens when you, you have these things occur in the human body at young ages. Uh, a friend of ours, James DSD has a DSD condition which literally Lupron mimics his body's function and uh, has to be medicalized. And if it's not, they've seen what happens to the children that go through that process without, you know, user intervention at that point. Same thing with Klinefelter syndrome, like with SXY. If they don't get testosterone, they don't fully develop. They basically get paused at a point of development where they have lack of body hair, they'll develop gynecomastia and all sorts of other health risks, including osteoporosis. And it mirrors a lot of the side effects of transition uh, in that regards. And so like we, we understand and have understood for a long time, the consequences that are, are being done here and they're ignoring them and omitting them. So when people think of DSD conditions, they end up immediately going to intersex. And that's a misnomer because sex is a binary system. It's about gamut and gamut pathways. It's not about secondary characteristics. 
and that's been the conflation for the longest time. And that's where, you know, being connected to the DSD community, because I have a DSD myself, and then talking to James and hearing his story and hearing other people in the DSD community and then connecting at multiple points with different people, including the D-trans community, with the kids that got trapped in this space and then had their development interrupted. Um, so like we have had information that could help us understand this better, but it's been completely omitted and then fetishized and then turned into porn. And like where I'm, I'm concerned, the next stage isn't just transgender, gender affirming care, but also non-binary affirming care. And there's actually um, a clinic or there's multiple clinics all, all over the country. Uh, the one I end up citing normally, and I can send you that later to attach to the thread. Um, they have over 50 clinics in California where they offer nullification surgeries, which are penectomies, orchinectomies, phallus preserving vaginal plasties, and more money at that point, but also uh, affecting more people's development and also conflating and appropriating DSD conditions to confuse the conversation even more. And it's just so messed up. Like the nonstop appropriation perversion uh, to what's what's happening is just blowing my mind on so many levels. So Shapeshifter, um, you've been patiently listening and I know that you can only be with us for a little bit longer. So um, I want to give you an opportunity, first of all, to comment on anything that they said. And, um, and also, but first I want to commend you and your courage for standing up you know, in this situation. And I hope that people who are, you know, really concerned about this issue and passionate about it, recognize the need to protect people like you when you're in this situation. So um, go ahead. I agree with everything Freya said. I feel like both transitioners and detransitioners and just general public needs to gather information soon on this situation <laughs> before more people get hurt. Because as we're speaking, some people are convinced that they're in a wrong body and maybe what they need is just some time to find out who they really are, some time to grow, some time to get to know like how society works, you know, <laughs> making life altering decision earlier in your timeline is just not a good idea. I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> right. So just based off that, I, whoever's listening to this, like sometimes the kindest thing to do is to tell people the truth, you know? <laughs> and the truth is like, we don't have technology right now to change sex. The best thing you can do, like, is become a close approximation. And I wish somebody told me that, but I was so brainwashed by ideologies that I wasn't did a woman. And there was no difference between me and any other woman, which is a completely dangerous life for everyone, you know, and it costed me my health. And um, and now when I'm sharing my story, I am getting accused of committing genocide against trans women. I'm getting a few accused of killing trans kids, you know, and it's just very not a good feeling. And honestly, walking away from that hearing in Florida, I was really traumatized. For two days, I couldn't even come to my senses, like, because I was just... Literally, I couldn't stop thinking about it, like, all those people accusing me of these horrible things, when in my heart of hearts, I knew I did the right thing by speaking out, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just, there's no sympathy. People are just, like, blaming me that it was all my choice. And obviously, yes, I signed on a dotted line. But again, I was not fully informed that I was not getting a vagina. I was getting an approximation 
a female genitals, like caricature that will never work like a real thing. You know, I was made to believe that it's pretty much like a real thing, you know, <laughs> and that's right. what I signed up on, you know, and a lot of people now I, I follow transgender surgery subreddit and it's just heartbreaking to see people like right a month, even two weeks after surgery and writing about their complications, writing about how like, it's not what they expected. <laughs> My heart breaks for those people because they've been misled by surgeons, by trans community. It's really not right. You know, it's really, I believe like bottom surgery should really be not fully banned because I'm also kind of libertarian on certain level. I feel like if people really want that surgery, they should be allowed to get it because we know from history prohibition doesn't work. People are still going to go to backyard surgeons, going to put their life even at more risk trying to get the surgery. If people really want it, they should be able to get it, but it should definitely be 18 plus. I believe it actually should be 25 plus because there is plenty of evidence showing that brain is not fully mature till you're like 25 or later, especially in biological males. Some of us who are neurodivergent, it takes us even longer to mature. So a bunch of people who are, who are trans identified or de-trans, they're, usually, they're often neurodivergent. Uh, so there is that part of it. Also, we need more studies to like figure out how much of trans identity is really like possibly causation of childhood trauma or other like cluster B personalities, autism. Because right now the narrative is the trans thing is separate from all of that. But from what I've seen in my community of detransitioners and base transsexuals, there is a lot of overlap. So till there is more research. We don't really know if trans is completely single on its own or is it just a co- like it's derivative of all those issues <laughs> that are coexistent in a lot of people that are trans identified. So, yeah, we just, I just demand more research and demand more caution. There should be more pushback. I, I'm demanding more gatekeeping as soon as possible to save people because I am part of the trans community and it's heartbreaking to see all those people regretting every day like what's they what's happened to them it's literally medical trauma on top of everything <laughs> because uh, a lot of us don't longer know how to trust medical system some of us don't even know how to like where to start like i want my implants out but i don't even know where to start i'm legit scared because now i know so many f2ms that had like their breast removed and some of them have complications from regular double mastectomy. I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of situation, but I'm sure a lot more people have gotten like um, double mastectomies and bottom surgery. So I would think that by now they should have that top surgery down, but apparently they don't. So many, Chloe had complications. A lot of other people I know that, you know, used to be trans men have complications from top surgery. There's another trans girl right now that had sepsis and almost died from getting implants, you know? So I think public is being lied to in general, even what top surgery is about, you know, because I was dating a plastic surgeon and I lived with him for two years from 2016 to 2018. And his practice was making more money of taking out breast implants than putting them in at that point. So just, I don't think even general public knows that like, uh, this breast implants are not really safe either. There's breast implant sickness, you know, and we, People should really stop with this body modification trend, you know, that's been induced by Kardashians, by social media. People should really start loving themselves as is. They really need to work on their mental issues and try to reintegrate with their bodies without having any plastic surgeries or body modification. And that's what we need to be pushing for as a society in general. (laughs) 
And yeah, that's where we're at. And I hope TikTok gets banned because TikTok is very toxic. <laughs> it's really pushing like body modification trend as it's not a big deal. We have all those F2Ms and non-binary people showing off their chests. Um, some of them had their nipples removed. You know, they're like, oh, this is so cool. This is so edgy. Body modifications of that scale are not edgy. And like, stop it. And that's all I have to say, you know. I'm going to jump off. Like, thank you for having me. Where can people, people find you? Like, my audience uh, loves you. Where can they find you? <laughs> you guys can find me on YouTube as Shapeshifter. You can find me on Twitter as Shifter of Shapes. And then on Instagram that I just started recently so I could be part of Trans Against Groomers. Please follow Trans Against Groomers as well and Days Against Groomers. They're not a hate group. They're really trying to save the children from unnecessary surgeries that they may regret down the line. So, yeah, you can find me on all of those platforms. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And um, please listen to Frey as well. She's very intelligent and has a lot of positive, good information that has been hidden away. And um, truth is not transphobic, because that's what I have to say. And um, as somebody who internalized homophobia for years and transphobia as well, um, sometimes when people say that truth is transphobic, they're literally internalizing some of transphobia, you know, because if they would listen to the truth, it would create some cognitive dissonance and they would realize they're not, trans women are not just women <laughs> and trans men are not just men. They're biological women who transitioned and trans women are biological men that transition and they need special care. They need special, they have their own special medical needs if they're accepting medical transition, you know, and they need to be aware of all the risks that such medical transition entails that's all you know and truth could save lives <laughs> but right now it's being hidden away there's literally war on information Freya literally had to risk her life to go out do an activism i have to risk my life to go speak in person and yeah right now i'm not even sure if i'll ever be able to speak in person because i'm so traumatized from last week so yeah Thank you, guys. <laughs> Bye, everyone. No problem. And I'm, I'm going to ask later, Bye, I'll get Frey to give me the links to your stuff so I can put it in the description. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Bye, guys. Yep. Man, that is that is really rough. Like, you could tell they were upset. And, you know, I... <laughs> it, it honestly enrages me that, you know, because that person has such, like, a gentle soul, you can tell from the way they talk. You know, and it's like you could tell that that person genuinely cares and that there are people out there that want to threaten them with violence. It honestly pisses me off. <laughs> like, David, no, keep your fucking hands to yourself. And that's why when I say this, you know, because, again, as you've made it very clear, Trans Against Groomers is nonpartisan, you know, but right. The, the right wing people who feel serious about this, you know, especially if something like happens to you guys at protests you know i would think that especially the proud boys people like that who get involved in that should be seeing to your safety because you know antifa has proven that they will attack people and like whether or not it makes any rhyme or reason doesn't even compute to them and i guess now since i know we only had shapeshifter for so long i kind of want to get to your story and specifically you know first of all you, you can talk about whatever you're comfortable first of all about your own um, journey with transition or whatever but after that you know then we'll talk a little bit more about what what's been going on at the protest which is actually what i where i learned of you okay um where do you want to start 
Um, well, first start with you. <laughs> you know, okay. Just tell us your story, however much of it you're comfortable with, and then we'll move on to what's going on now. So I got diagnosed um, about 12, 13 years old. Um, it went really bad for me. So that was um, in the 90s, late 90s when that happened. And I ended up going to therapy there for a long time, and they were pushing desistance like especially for me being under 18 and there was nothing but pushback and they weren't accepting of me, including that therapy model. Um, and it went severely bad. So it's like they end up just throwing me into a teen suicide ward, even though I didn't have suicide ideation. And then they threatened me with EST, electroshock therapy. They sedated me when I tried using passive resistance when I didn't want to go places because Obviously, I'm terrified and traumatized. Um, I don't want to go too far and rip open that wound right now. I know I need to be doing my story and, like, telling that part. But, like, me getting into this, it wasn't about me. Uh, obviously, I'm not trying to get, you know, a bunch of fans and followers if I'm hiding my identity. And I'm not trying to monetize anything. I'm just trying to do what I think is right. I'm a normal person working a job that is, like, I can't sit back and be silent about this anymore. When I first started getting into the activism aspect uh, was Tyler Silverman, the skater. And she was on Ariel Scarcell's podcast. And I, I ended up having heard the story and I'm like, I'm sick of this. I'm so sick of this. I'm sick of this overcorrection. And so I started speaking out against that. And the first thing they started doing is accusing me of not being real and that I don't exist. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Everyone on the planet can identify and self-identify as being trans, but you're denying I even exist. This is insane. I, I legit can't understand this anymore. Like, why would you guys do this? If a trans person asks you to do this, can a trans person ask you not to do it? And can you stop? Because you're going after their family. And they were going after her and harassing them endlessly. And they were blowing up hundreds of thousands of messages a day, just spitting venom and vitriol at her and her family and um my stance has always been trans women can't validate ourselves as women at the cost of women especially if we're, it's costing them suffrage and you can't speak and you have no vote and they just shut down the whole conversation and with bigot and transphobe and cancel their careers and it's like that's not right how is that setting a good example for trans people to be doing stuff like this and, you know, we're, we're wanting to come into their spaces and be accepted in their spaces. And we're just doing all the worst things. I want and to comment real crazy. quick on that point um, because it was a very powerful one. That was what irritated me most was like, I'm an advocate for women's rights in sports. And I'm being told that that's an evil position now. And that's a fight that isn't even over yet. Like, it's not over yet. Like, women still don't have equality in sports. Like, I thought, like, I, you know, the, the funny thing is, and I'm, I'm actually going to have a, a feminist on the show pretty soon to talk about where things went awry. But the, the point is, is that you're now in this weird position where, like, what, six months ago, the, the Me Too movement was like, you, you can't even, like, make a woman feel uncomfortable with a, a word you said, a compliment, you know, like, they need to go back, you know, like, in, there was this guy who got fired from Apple who wrote in a book like years ago that it was difficult dating women in San Francisco or something. 
And then Apple got that per like Apple people got together and got that person fired. Yet that same group of people, you know, uh, employs Dr. Dre. <laughs> Apple employs Dr. Right. Dre, who wrote the horrible, most misogynistic rap lyrics of all time, you know, for NWA. Now, the reason I was bringing that up, though, is, is that we're not done fighting for women's rights at all. And you said something very powerful was that, you know, like you said, that we, we should have rights, but not at the expense of the rights of women and their own suffrage. You know, that's extremely important. And I don't think that they get it. But the reason I'm bringing this up, the reason I brought up Me Too was like, it wasn't even that long ago that a woman, a, a woman being comfortable was so paramount that you can't even do anything accidentally to make them uncomfortable and not be held accountable and they want to cancel you and attack you. But now those same people are telling women that if you're not comfortable with a trans person, say in your Korean spa pre-op exposing their penis, you know, to women and children, then you're a bigot. That's your problem. If that makes you uncomfortable, there's something wrong with you. And I just, I this is something else like. If it was I, just that, though, I don't think we'd have as big of a problem as we do. I'm right. not wanting to devalue that, but look at the turf ideology. So turf fallacy is what I call it. Uh, trans exclusionary radical feminist. Right. And where the origin of that word comes from is a trans woman decided to start calling themselves a lesbian because they are attracted to women and only women. So they started calling themselves lesbian as a way to rebrand autogynophilia. And lesbians were like, okay, well, if you're pre, if you're post-op, then I'm okay with it. And they're like, nope, you can't do that. That's, that's racist or that's, that's transphobic. Right. And uh, you're just having a, a, a general fetish and, you know, then started forcing sex upon them. So they were literally introducing actual rape culture. And then it, it spun out from being just rape culture and turned into premeditated murder with killed uh, turfs. And then a museum in San Francisco making an exhibit of baseball bats in trans painted colors specifically designed for bashing the turfs and it's just spiraled out to this fanatical point of, of premeditated harm on women because let's be real replace turf with woman that's what it means and it it is just mind-numbing that we even go to that point like you said we we literally have women's rights being erased but we also have been having men's rights erased too we're having gay rights erased um, one of the most telling things about the turf fallacy is like when they had the sign in Germany, I think it was, where it was like, uh, turfs can suck my huge trans cock. And it's like, okay, that's just making my point even more valid. What the fuck? Who are they and, winning over? Like, who are they winning over? Who are they changing the minds of? Like, I don't know. It's not <laughs> even important. To, well, that was a rhetorical question. Like, right. It's, just, it's, it's like, it's but that's not the goal. They don't even care. Like, I, you know, the thing is, is like, that was the thing about and I brought this up because I just did a show specifically about one of the uh, quote unquote Antifa journalists who covered what happened at the Wee Spa. I'm like, mm -hmm. did you convince anyone? Did you win anyone over? Did anybody just suddenly say to themselves, man, you know, uh, I wasn't sure about this, but then a bunch of people in black hoodies beat the shit out of soccer moms and street preachers and, you know, peaceful protesters. Then I suddenly came around. The thing is, is that they, 
they have it in their heads that they're going to make people afraid and that then that's going to stop. Like they haven't even seen the real pushback yet. And that's why I made the point that if they were really concerned about the safety and well-being of trans people right there in L.A. and MacArthur Park, MS-13 stabbed a trans person in the throat because MS-13 comes from, a, I'm going to forget the South American country. They're not Mexican. They're, I want to say Guatemala, but I could be totally wrong. But wherever they are is a very anti-trans place to be. So, like, they, they murder people. <laughs> I'm like, well, you're not going to go over to MacArthur Park and, you know, chase any of them down because you all know you'll be dead as fried chicken. But you're really brave, you know, beating up people that you should be trying to win over. That That's the thing that bothers me about it. Like, I remember, so, so there's like an LGBTQ kids club that got formed here in my little country town. And I was like, they they did some things that just made everybody mad. I'm like, you know, if what you really wanted was to get these people to accept you, if you went out as a as a youth group and like started helping elderly people mow their lawns, you know, or do good deeds around the community, that would get what you wanted. That would get people to accept you. That would get people to normalize you and to humanize you. But instead, they go this route of doing things to like rub your nose in it, which is just, it doesn't work. Like that, that's why I said, it's like, it's not just that it's immoral. It doesn't work. It hurts them. It hurts trans people. That's why, you know, Jordan Peterson gets contacted all the time by the trans people that were around before this who are going, oh, God, I wish they would just stop. They're making lives harder, life harder for us. We really just wanted to be able to settle this for ourselves and be left alone. So anyway, you know, that go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm agreeing with you 100% on that one. I didn't want to come do this. I would love to go back to my life and, you know, go back to living it. But it's infected everywhere. Like, from from my point of view, it is literally from the ground up. So it's down to the school counselors. It's down to the support groups. It's down to the therapists, the doctors, the surgeons. Everybody's got a, a hand in the pot, and everybody's involved in it. And it drives me crazy that it, it's been happening in the first place. And it's done for all the wrong reasons and it just goes along with the saying I have you know the path to hell is paved with good intentions by monsters don't do it it's a trap and I think that that's why I said what bothers me about it is that I, I'm concerned that this is going to be something that when we look back on it later it's going to be like the time period when during the Victorian era they believed that women were incapable of orgasm like it's going to be something so scientifically embarrassing and stupid that, but, but what I'm worried about is that unlike that, which just led to some embarrassingly stupid stories about how they didn't think women could have orgasms, this is going to hurt people and kill people. And that was actually something I, I thought about, but I didn't want to interrupt when um, he was talking because uh, they were about to leave, but it was like, the comorbidity psychologically is the thing that they don't ever talk about when they're discussing the suicide issue, you know, right. and in addition to the fact that it occurred to me one day, I'm like, man, how many of these drugs, we're not even talking about trans drugs for a moment, right? How many of these drugs do you watch commercials for where if you have suicidal thoughts, stop taking this? Like, this is a common problem with all drugs, not just like drugs for quote-unquote gender-affirming care, 
So it, those causes to me, especially if you're doing something radical to your body chemistry. I remember I met one trans person who, whenever they were on testosterone, they became psychotic. Like it really wrecked their mind. Like, you know, and I, and I felt for them, but at the same time, it was clear their body was not reacting to it okay. Then I've met some trans people where you wouldn't even know. Like, you know, but if they have some kind of psychological comorbidity, maybe throwing a bunch of extra hormones into a, into a body that's already having chemical imbalance issues may not be the best strategy. Did you want to comment on that? No, no, you've got to increase the dose at that point. It's more effective that way. That's their, their model. It's like they do it like a fire and forget resolution. Um, look at Ritalin as an example or opiate pain medication and the overcorrection with that. And we pretend like they have our best interests. Like we've all been groomed into an ideology that doctors are this Im impeachable ideal that of goodness that is uncorruptible and that they're always doing it for the right reasons. And it drives me crazy. Yeah. Like Jerome said, um, lobotomies come to mind too. I was actually thinking about that too. And I was going to mention shape. Uh, Shapeshifter says that bottom surgery is like a sexual lobotomy. And I wow, remember him mentioning that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Shapeshifter <laughs> is super, like, Shapeshifter is a legend in my mind. It's super powerful for what he's endured and done. And, you know, the amount of breathing they do to him is just, it's disgusting. And all of us, look what they do to Casey, look what they do to Richie. And, Look at they do to Buck Angel and everybody. And heck, a uh, hit piece just came out on Sarah Higdon um, and Jamie because Jamie pulled out of an event because one of the people there was sitting there belittling Sarah. And they played off, oh, it's telling a joke, and then literally does an entire news interview where they're dead naming them and misgendering them on purpose and saying, I'm not going to do this. You know I me? Mean? And like intentionally attacking. And it's like, okay, well, we don't believe in compelled speech. I know Sarah is 100% behind 1A, and so am I, to the point, to our own detriment, where we don't believe in compelled speech. But, you know, having this person go that far other way, it's just telling. And it's like, okay, well, we just won't be around you. And then she goes after Jamie for supporting us. And it then has the, the, ten, like the utter gall to say that we're a woke Trojan horse pretending to be conservatives and it's like oh my god because on the, the trans rights activists we are a trojan horse for the feminists so it's like it, it's just back and forth insanity on both sides and it's like it's a bunch of it's all the toxic tribalism to be honest where whether it's the effect of social media or human nature where we all collect into little tribes but then we get these fanatical boiling points where it's just boiling over at this point and spilling off to everybody else and harming people in the process. And you have trans rights activists doing that in retaliation to the feminist movement fighting against them. And we have this brutal fight for rights and a struggle for it right now happening. But like non-binary and trans rights are sitting there and appropriating everything just to force that what they want. And it's like, okay, this is gone to a point of insanity that's actually causing a lot of detriment and harm, especially to children. And most of us are, are got into this because of what's happening to children. But also 
gone into this because the ideological grooming that's happening to even adults and like shape and I have been pointing out, you know, we get accused of trans genocide all the time. And the grooming aspect of that comes into play. Cause like we're constantly hit with traitor suicide, like traitor shame tactics and hitting us with these grievances, trying to force the narrative every single time. And it's really hard to endure that every day. And, you know, then you'll get targeted and piled up on and then false reported. Um, tag uh, the Trans Against Groomers main Twitter account lasted a whole 48 hours on Twitter before they permanently banned it. And we still haven't gotten it back yet. And I'm assuming we're waiting for the council to form for Twitter to review that case. And, you know, that's what, like when you said that you're getting some weird things happening. It's like, that's every time we try to do anything, every time we try to do a space, every time we do anything else, like there's all these weird things that keep happening to it. Um, I know in the last uh, Twitter space, I was having problems just even coming in and speaking and I had to restart my phone and come back into it and still was having issues back and forth or like um, hosts not being able to add speakers in our spaces where they can't, add anyone to, the, uh, to be able to speak anymore or they won't even appear. Um, I have like certain people in gag and tag. I can't quote tweet into anything anymore because they don't appear in the system. Even when I type their name right, it doesn't appear. And it drives me crazy the amount of censorship we're all going through just to speak the truth. And it, I can't believe we're at this point, especially in America especially being raised in the America I was raised in. And, you know, I'm a, a full-on patriot. I'm not into politics. I'm not left-right. I'm an independent. I make up my own mind. I don't have my views handed down to me. But to see us go from freedom of choice and freedom of speech to no freedom of speech. And freedom of speech is protected uh, against the government, but it's not protected against, at your job. And it's not protected online and companies can just decide what ideology you're allowed to follow and not allowed to follow. I mean, look at uh, shape me and many others as trans people coming into this space and they being told what we can and cannot say about trans. And if this is by a company that has no right to dictate to us how to be trans and what to say about trans, or, you know, if, if that was the case and they went to that full, drawn conclusion, then I would have been banned a long time ago for even speaking out against transitioning kids because of GNRH. And it's maddening. Well, that's why I'm going to play a bit of this video that I made specifically about what happened to Caitlyn Jenner when they were running for governor and openly said that, you know, you know, basically voiced their opposition because they were an athlete. They understand the track mm -hmm. athletes in particular are very aware because when you watch the videos of it, it's very clear um, you know, the Leah Thomas thing, like, that's the funny thing is, is there was a witness next to the pool at the NCAA finals who said that they heard Leah's coach telling them to slow down in some of the other events, because if Leah just went in and did what Leah did earlier in the season, which was lap everybody by like three laps, it would just, it would have been a firestorm, you know, like they, they, they would have right. never been, you know, it would have been all the proof they need. You know, but now, like, if you go back and watch the videos of, like, the girls running against the, the trans um, kids in 
track that, you know, Selena Sowell, or I, I'm not sure if I pronounced her last name right, but Selena Sowell talks about, you know, I've done, you know, videos on that topic. You know, but like you said, you can't even tell the truth. So like, that's, again, I got threatened, you know, because I told the truth. Like they couldn't refute what I said and they don't want to try because they know better. And then you end up in situations where guys like John Stewart, you know, like I did a show about that and that actually led to, a bunch of people showing up on my Discord trying to ambush me, and it didn't go so well for them. People can watch the video because I decided to record the whole thing and upload it to YouTube. But the point is, is that they they just want to terrify you into not telling the truth. And if we're in that situation, it also bothers me because what's going to happen if we do find out that this is a horrible way to give a whole shitload of people cancer? Is the truth about that going to be squelched? You know, are they going to try to terrify people into not telling everyone that this gives people cancer? You know, because that's what I that's what I would anticipate they will try to do. And then they'll be told they're lying. Right. You know, and then there's going to be bodies. And, and who's going to answer for that? The problem is, is that the political far left that, you know, that I address all the time. Is, is just doubling, tripling and quadrupling down on every stupid thing. It, they don't ever correct. They, you know, 100%. that's why I'm in this situation that I'm a left-leaning person who is constantly doing that work. Like, no, you need to correct because this is bullshit. Like, that's why I said, it's like, I literally, one of the trans people in my life who's one of the most well-adjusted trans people I've ever met has cancer, like right now. And, and it's like, do we know for sure that that's what caused it? No. But like, they were otherwise completely healthy when this happened. So it's like, uh, you know, but we don't know enough. And, and I don't think that they want to know enough. One of the biggest problems we have about the whole facts don't care about your feelings issue is, is that these people want to eliminate objective truth. And ironically, it was George Orwell, a socialist, who in his own writing made it clear that if you see an effort to eliminate objective truth, it is generally an immediate indication that some form of authoritarian, authoritarian, you know, you know, totalitarian government or group of people is trying to take control. They want to be able to control what truth is. Like, you know, the most basic essence of mind control. You know, that's why I do a whole series about this stuff called Do You Think for Yourself? Because there's all these different psychological things that everybody is vulnerable to and you can fight back if you are aware of them. You know, like one of them's the hash conformity experiment or the Milgram experiment. There's different things that we have proven through time that human brains can be manipulated to do. You know, but anyway, so I want to play this video because this was from a while ago. And I think a lot of my current audience haven't seen it. You know, but you're, you're going to see some incredibly vicious treatment of Caitlyn Jenner, you know, and what they went through just telling the truth about trans athletes and sports. Let me go ahead and hit play. So there's legislation in various states to ban biological boys who are trans from playing girl sports in school. What's your opinion on that? Uh, by the way, if you want me to pause this at any point so you can comment, let me know. Okay. This is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girl sports in school. It just isn't fair. 
and we have to protect girls sports in our but, but but if someone so we just looked at um caitlin jenner being asked about the topic of uh, trans female athletes in sports and George Takei's Facebook page has become somewhat of a battleground for this topic. And I've participated in some of the conversations on Facebook. Recently, after making the statements that you just saw, um, Megan Rapinoe, who is a famous female soccer player, decided to come out um, and attack Caitlyn Jenner on this issue. Megan's actually, ironically, part of a national soccer team, or was, she's retired now, that lost to a 15 and under boys team who wasn't even a national team. You would think she might know something about the differences biologically between boys and girls. But regardless, that's not actually why I made this video. I want to be clear about something. Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor as a Republican. And while I do say, you know, it seems like her ads have been kind of an interesting, but you know, I don't for a second believe that there's not a serious politician motive going behind all of this, but that's not really what concerns me, and it's not what actually motivated me to make this video. Aside from the fact that Caitlyn Jenner is a former, you know, heavy, basically high-level athlete, the decathlon is considered to be the most elite um, event you can participate in, and it's kind of understood that you take a gold medal in it, and you're the best athlete in the world. So, anyway... Um, what made me decide to make this video was actually more kind of a follow-up on the issue that the left has completely turned on Caitlyn Jenner in a way that um, is just out of this world. And in fact, really, really, really transphobic. Um, and I'm going to share some specific oh, yeah. screenshots that I have found. Now, so, I want to be clear, also, when I say really side? transphobic, because I still haven't done my own. Go ahead. So, like, 100%. And people were going after Caitlin a bit before that. When I first came on Twitter, was in the height of the women's sports issue. And I remember seeing Caitlin commenting on that and, and getting into a few of those arguments. And it was ridiculous, because, like, now they completely removed Caitlin Jenner from even being trans now they're just purely agp but they support agp but they also use it as a slur and an insult especially for like caitlin to attack caitlin it, it's disgusting to see this stuff happening and you know caitlin should be uh, uh the figure to represent trans in this and they silence and shut her, her down and it bothers the living hell out of me um another one i'd recommend is emma hilton um, I believe she's a developmental biologist. I love her work. She ends up doing um, a speech about it to the media and some fellow professionals and her career. And she ends up mentioning that even after seven years of transitioning, a male to female will still have a 30% muscle mass advantage right. against trans or against women. And like FINA and the Olympics, when they did their study on uh, men competing in sports, they did it in comparison to men. They didn't even compare trans women to women once in their study that was done. Uh, go ahead. So um, I can actually just kind of highlight some of these and we can watch them sort of just sitting on like, but like, look at this one. Caitlin may be trans on the outside, but she's all overprivileged old white man on the inside. No more, no operation or amount of hormone therapy can change that. 
how is this not a diabolically transphobic statement? How is this Why isn't not canceled? Yeah. Like, like I, this doesn't make a damn bit of sense. Like, how, how the fuck can you say something like this? Like, you know, like when you mentioned, like, they say they're not even trans anymore. It reminds me of, like, when they tell black people that they're not black because they don't right. agree with something, you know, racially. You're not or, black enough. Right. You know, or just because what they what they putting really, Biden here. Right. Well, they well, they want to go from being able to say that. Well, you should just shut up and be quiet and let the the oppressed people do the talking because they want that like Trump card to be able to play, you know, and then when that turns on them, then they need to scramble and figure out some way to handle it. <laughs> so they just say, well, you're not really black. You're not really trans. You're not really gay. You're not really this, you know, but like, how the hell could you ever like, you know, again, how could you say something like that and get away with it? You know, like I remember, let me see if we can read this one. Um, you know, Jenner is a rich, spoiled, unknowing jerk. I watched her show where real trans people tried to help her understand. She is so used to her money and sports prestige. She has no idea of real life. And I said, real trans people, huh? You know, like, I was just like, what what the fuck? You know, and like I said, so being wealthy makes someone less trans? Like, how the hell does that, like, what does that have to do with anything? You know, it's like, no, well, no. don't don't earn money because you won't be trans anymore, you know. No, we have to play no true Scotsman in a pissing contest to prove how non-mask we are. Right. You know, and then somebody said here, say that about any other trans person. And, you know, what would be the reaction? Why is it okay to be transphobic and misogynistic when somebody doesn't agree with you? Your performative pseudo-moralist grandstanding is as pathetic as it is disgusting. You should be ashamed. To which they said, well, hey, I love trans folk, just not Jenner. Okay, but that doesn't... You, you still just, like... you. Oh, I just... Oh, my God. What, what kind of brain damage do you need to say this shit? You know, yet another... You know, Oh, yeah, here we go. Yet another mockery of the system. Caitlin's doctor forgot to remove her male privilege. You know, this is like, this is absolutely... Wow. Right, no shit. <laughs> like, like, how can you say something like this? That's why I said that they're stupid. Their rules don't... That they want us to follow, which is to be quiet when the oppressed are talking, is something they can't even handle, you know. And like I know, said, an inclusion so accepting and tolerant that it allows murderers, rapists, and child molesters. But desisters, detrans, or trans that has the tenacity and gall to think differently than the hive mind, unacceptable. Right. So this is because remember, this is on George Takei's um, page. Right. You know, the left never liked her. That's what you've made up in your mind. And then they said the left loved her. They named her the woman of the year for the ESPYs, for God's sake. And then so somebody very conveniently points out George Takei posting, welcome to the party, Caitlyn Jenner. You're stunning inside and out. So like, yeah, nobody liked her until, you know, they went a direction that they don't want to follow. You know, they, the, the hypocrisy is just absolutely ridiculous. Oh, here's another great one. You know what? I used to think you were a real woman. And I admired you for living your truth. Now I think you need to give up your pretense. You are really a monster hiding in that human suit. Like, this is fucking vicious. Like, I, <laughs> how the hell do you get away with saying something like this? You know, all it takes is don't follow the ideology. And then all of a sudden, any concerns about somebody maybe killing themselves over this, you know, that's all out the window. You know, you know this, if, this, if you... Ahead took this exact comment 
and dubbed over Caitlyn Jenner's and put it to anybody else in the trans community like a TRA, they would cry bloody murder. Right. Right. And, and this all went on in places where it's supposed to be safe spaces for trans people. I just, this is why it seems to me that there's more at stake here than it basically, there seems to be a need for the power over our minds. This isn't really about, it's about submission to whatever it is that they determine to be the ideological thing that you must follow. And if you don't go along with that, then you are the enemy. And I think that these issues are just things that they're introducing now, you know, to try to get us to accept more and more ridiculous things so that if an authoritarian something tries to take over, we'll just blindly go along with whatever they say is the truth. Like, that's what this feels like, a social engineering attempt to try to control people's minds. Because we're being told that we must accept things that we know are not true that are scientifically proven to be not true. We're being told that we have to accept things, you know, that one second, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, the comfort of a woman was paramount. And then the next second, it's just not, you know, well, what we meant was women who obey us, their comfort is paramount, you know, and this is the reason why, you know, I've told people this because, you know, again, you know, I'm a left-leaning person, but I'm part of a used to be part of an activist group that kind of wants to see like a scientific approach to society. And a lot of my viewers from that time period are still upset with me because I don't talk enough about that. And I'm like, but we can't have scientific conversations, guys. We can't have rational conversations at all. You know, logic and reason has literally been identified as whiteness, you know, like white supremacy. Like that's a thing that's taking place, not just on fringes on Twitter, it's taking place you know, on college campuses. That's what they told Brett Weinstein. You need to stop demanding that people use logic and reason. You know, but what the hell? You know, so I guess I wanted to move on, you know, and transition the conversation, no pun intended. You you had some, like, go ahead and describe to me, I guess, what has happened to you as an on-the-ground activist, you know, in, in encountering the violence that's taken place. Because I've been watching your Twitter wars, and that's actually how you and I met. So um, I ended up having a friend send me, uh, well, they commented me and tagged me into a comment on Facebook. And it played at the drag uh, clean show with an 11-year-old performer. And I, was, I didn't get it because I was outside the cell service at the time. And then when I got back within range of a cell tower, I got the message several hours later. And I saw that um, the main Gaze Against Grimmers account even retweeted him and was sharing um, a different person's um, point to the same story. And I was like, okay, I'm sick of this. And I ended up organizing a protest and made my intent that day that I was organizing a protest at Old Nick's Pub in Eugene, Oregon. And I called in a couple of news agencies into it to uh, the main Gays Against Grimms account, retweeted it, and it went a little viral. I didn't have like thousands and upon thousands of views or likes but yet news spun it completely differently and said that they were targeted that um kids were being targeted at a bar in eugene oregon and by a hate group uh literally the next day and then 
I ended up telling Mike and, and Jamie, you know, my intent to go there. So then Saturday, the 22nd, uh, Gays Against Grimmers has this host of space. And I, I'm in there. I'm listening to the speakers. And it was Mario and a few other people that did another event that we were speaking out at. And then um, they insisted because what they've been seeing and hearing coming down the pipeline is they're threatening violence and to come after us with violence. And they, they were concerned with my safety and that they, they really insisted I don't go. And I'm like, well, I know what you mean. I understand your point. I, I know how bad it is here better than anybody else in, in gays against groomers and trans against groomers since I live in Oregon. And I still felt like I had to go. And so I go to sleep that night or try to. I got very low sleep that night. But then at like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, Mike ends up texting me and Andy No had posted articles um, on the 20th and 21st that Antifa was raising money preemptively in anticipation to pay bail for hurting protesters. And then we get targeted on social media uh, by a couple of people in Antifa and they just start arguing with us, degrading us, devaluing everything denying that Antifa is targeting us at all. And then um, we end, I ended up getting another article sent to me from Mike about um, them activating and hiring an Antifa um, militia cell locally in Oregon. And he was really insisting I don't go and I don't go. And then 10 o'clock comes around the time I told people that I was going to be there. And I'm sitting there like, I can't not go. I feel like I have to. And I, I finally caved in. I grabbed my stuff. I got ready and I headed out. I get down there and the streets are already cordoned off and there's just a mob of people there. As I come walking up from uh, southbound heading north, um, I see two guys getting the living shit beat out of them um, by Antifa. And they were trying to square up at least the one I was mainly watching as I walked up was trying to screw up with one. Then a guy on the side punches him in the face and he falls down on the ground. Then the guy drops down on top of him to swing in on his face. And then I walk over to the opposite side of the street, seeing all the Antifa with body armor and ARs. And it's like, okay, uh, this is a bit intense. Um, and I start seeing a couple of people with body armor and ARs on our side of the street too. And I have no idea who they are. I literally went out there by myself. I publicly stated that I was going to go out there and even said in the Twitter space, I was heading out there by myself. I was the only member of Gays Against Groomers and Trans Against Groomers that was physically there. And yet they posted it as being targeted by the hate group and coming out there and attacking them and menacing them. And we find out later on that, um, they ended up saying Honey Badger's mom was the one that organized the event and that she was married to a proud boy and just slandered her, said that she docks the little girl and put her name and address and everything out there on the internet and got crucified publicly for it. But she was helping me. Um, I met her through uh, speaking out at a school board meeting up in Salem uh, with the Salem Kaiser Education First organization. And that's how I first came into contact with Honey Badger's mom. And uh, she offered to help me with organizing the protest when I made the original post. And then while we're out there, I see this one guy get stalked 
and ambushed with pepper spray. And you literally, he was so nonchalant. He had the reporter falling right behind him with the camera. And there's video of it, of him stalking a person and just randomly spraying and point blank in the face with pepper spray. And you can see the outline of body armor on the video through his jacket. And that's basically how it was. There was a bunch of people out there with body armor under jackets and guns under their jackets that were hiding. There was a bunch of people with rifles out in the open and body armor dressed like they were um, trying to be a weekend warrior. And then uh, uh, we started looking for the police and the police were not physically present there. They were literally up on our overpass staring down binoculars and then off to the side on a rooftop. Uh, watching everything. They saw the guy get pepper sprayed point blank, did nothing about it. Um, I ended up asking a lady about where, where the restroom was, and she pointed me at the restroom and told me not to go. And I asked her why, and she said because people were getting targeted if they broke off from the main block to go to the restroom and they get ambushed out there. Uh, two women got hit with pepper spray going to the restroom. And Everything got more intense. The people started screaming they were going to kill each other. Um, and he was threatening to harm the other side. The other side threatened to harm them. Um, I didn't agree with there was a couple of people. It wasn't the full collective of the people. I didn't feel that way. But there was one or two people on our side that were saying hate slurs and, and homophobic comments. And obviously, I don't support that or agree with that on any level. And you can't help it when, you know, hateful people take advantage of this so they can say that against gay people. And I apologize for that part. I, I wanted none of that to be attached to me whatsoever. I don't say ho like homophobic comments like that, especially, you know, in that kind of a situation or context. And then they brought the little girl out. And that part broke my heart. So they literally brought the little girl out in the middle of that to guilt trip me. And she was utterly terrified you could see it on her face that she was sitting there looking at all these people screaming yelling people fighting people getting hurt and she was terrified and they were bringing her out there in the middle of that chaos and she eventually got let back in and they let her go back and i'm sitting there like why would you even do that why would you bring her out here uh and then one particular person yelled at me from their side of the street that the transphobes won't protect you um, be ready, we're coming. And about 20 minutes later, they started distributing weapons to the front line of their, their movement. And they started crossing the street. And that's when I started getting out of their little area and started walking away. It's like, okay, I already see this is going to probably turn out bad. I see people handing out weapons and there's already a bunch of weapons. I'm, I fe I'm fearing for my well-being and safety. So that's when I started leaving. And I started walking away and a couple of them broke off and started following me down the street. But I got in my car immediately and took off and got the heck out of there while I could. And ended up having um, multiple uh, reporters interview me at the event too. Like I, like I said, with me going there by myself, I can only record so much. Plus I was getting asked so many questions by our side of the street and getting asked to do an interview by case easy I nine and um, some other person that was there walking around with the camera doing a live stream interviewed me too while I was there. 
And then later that day, about eight o'clock, I had um, Jeremy Lee Quinn do an interview with me and uh, Gag asked me to do a Twitter space when I got home. And they didn't even know I was headed down there that I, I was going to go there anyways, like legitimately, they had no clue. And they were concerned for me, worried about me. And that's my biggest, like the other point that drives me crazy is uh, Gays Against Germans gets labeled a hate group because they're transphobic. But they've canceled events to, to stand with their trans allies. And they have trans people in here, you know, different, doing the right thing. But yet we're still a hate group. We're still labeled that way. And we're still getting blowback from that protest right now. And uh, Jeremy says there's about four to six people that were injured. But uh, from my perspective and what I saw, there was about eight people that got injured there. One person uh, that was a transient got hit in the head with a metal ball that Antifa threw at him and he got hospitalized. Um, every person I talked to at that event got assaulted or pepper sprayed. Um, and that part bothers the living heck out of me because like they're going after anybody we talk to. They're going after anybody that supports us. They're going after people's families. And, you know, they're on the right side of history, supposedly. And they worked side by side with Eugene Police Department at this event. They literally had a Eugene police officer in their security room watching the cameras, along with, you know, multiple police letting Antifa operate with impunity and acting like we were the, the bad guys. And I've talked to several people and every one of them, it's the same story that a hate group targeted a bunch of kids and went after them. And I'll sit there and like take the time to say, no, that's not what happened here. This is where I, I the post I made saying I was gonna protest this event. You will see me even advocating for a peaceful protest when somebody said that I'm a fool for not bringing a gun with me to go down there. And I'm like, no, this is about a peaceful protest. This isn't about that. And to see it keep happening and to see that it is spilling over that way. We knew ahead of time going out there, they activated a militia cell. And that's even scarier when like I had a couple of the reporters, like I saw the what they did in the gay club and the performance. And it was really, you know, banal, but my only problem was, you know, dollar bills being handed out. And I'm like, well, right. what do you think they're going to do when they have hundreds of people out front pissed at this and they have news and police inside the, the event, they're going to do not their normal events. Anybody who's seen, like you can go online and see what, what their normal events are. And it's all sexual. So hypersexual. And, when it comes down to it, this is not about, you know, a child having the right to perform. This is about the sexual citizenship of children. This isn't about inclusion, unless you're talking about including minors in sexual acts and that's what they're fighting for. Yeah, I believe them on that one. Like I said, it's, they're fighting for the sexual citizenship of minors. And like, if it was just drag queen shows with kid performers, by itself it's still disgusting and i'd still speak out against it but it wouldn't lead me to that necessary conclusion but with trans kids being involved in that too and then teaching trans and queer theory in grade schools and right. just everything added up together this is literally what they're fighting for because if a child can choose their sex they can choose to have it and we have NAMBLA, 
um, 10 years ago when this all started with deep, deep diving into Marxist ideology with queer theory and everything. Um, yeah, that's the interview with Jeremy Lee Clan. Um, He's actually watching us right now. He retweeted us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeremy, thank you. You're amazing for what you did. Thank you so much. Right. Oh, where was I? Um, Continue. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out where I completely forgot my place. Um, about sexual citizenship. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so having kids put in this game, in this space in a gay club and doing these performances, it's about the sexual citizenship of minors, teaching it in schools. They're, it's not about inclusion and it's only about the fetishization, sexualization of these kids because, you know, they're not putting dollar bills in a tip jar or a suitcase like a street performer. They're doing it like a stripper. And then you have that pride event in Pennsylvania where they had a literal stripper pole giving pole dancing lessons to children. And then there are several different drag queen events where you have, you know, drag queens in this very inappropriate attire, sometimes just a G-string and pasties and has dollar bills sticking out of the G-string with a four-year-old in tow. And it's just constantly getting grosser and worse and more violent. And they're stepping up to provide these safe spaces, even though they're showing up with guns and body armor, it's turning violent because of the protests, but they call them safe spaces. I don't feel safe there. And I, I know the people on my side of the street, even though they were you know, condemning um, trans and gay people for what they were doing, I'm pretty sure they would have defended me way before Antifa would have done anything for me. I was more worried about Antifa attacking me than anything else. I was waiting for a rock to hit me upside the head. I was waiting for God knows to what happened. Yeah, and, and under the right circumstances, it's exactly what would have happened, especially in Portland or some of the places <laughs> where they've just been allowed to do whatever they want. You know, it's funny is that I'm actually looking for a specific picture here as we talk, but you know, when you know, I was on a panel not long ago that was primarily made up of left-leaning people, and they didn't even know who Desmond was. Do you, are you assuming you know who Desmond is? Like the uh, the drag queen who's like been, I think they were like ten years old. You know, mm -hmm. and literally dancing in a sexualized way, having adult males walk up and hand them money like a stripper, exactly as you described. And it's like they didn't even know who the person was. So it's like to them, they just pretend that this shit isn't even happening, right? You know, like, or they're ignorant of it. And if you bring it up, then somehow, you know, you're just, you're, you're, what is it? Talking points. Like, I hate that term at this point. People abuse the concept of talking points. Well, that's a right wing talking point. Let's discuss whether or not what I said was valid, you know, and whether or not it's, you know, um, you know, right wing or left wing or whatever is secondary to that. You know, and like when you're talking about like, um, you know, this is another thing they, they, their kids are props. Like, you know, this is right. a gender reveal, you know, here at, at the pride parade, you know, it's like, to me, it, it's like a twisted version of the, you know, the, the pageant kids, you know, like the moms yeah. who, you know, who, who have these pageant kids. That's what it seems like to me. You know, it's like, um, it's their own version of it. And then like, then they get to be cool too. Like, Oh, I've got serious woke points because I really support my trans child, you know, and you know, actually this is uh, my friend, Joe, who does good logic sharing my video. They are coming for your kids. 
I don't know if you've ever looked into Heather Karina, but she writes a mm -hmm. lot of books. You know, well, <laughs> I came across an article of hers where she just openly says we need to normalize sex between adults and kids. Like, not as in a roundabout way. No, straight up says it on her old Scarletine website. And now she's writing um, books that are currently being handed out in schools. And now, mind you, she doesn't say that stuff to people, um, obviously, now. But it was this is the one I was looking for. But it was on her old Scarletine website that, you know, we need to do this. And she, like, literally quoted, like, pedophiles who were writing into her talking about how like what was happening to them was completely normal you know that we just need to make this normal and all of that you know and i the, the thing is is that you know I, I you know i confronted her about it gently just saying can you comment on this and of course she just blocked me and we're working on an article now that's hopefully going to get picked up by the post millennial on this topic because Heather Karina is not getting the exposure that they need. And her books are literally getting into, you know, schools right now as we speak. But this is an image of one of these drag shows. That girl looks maybe four, you know, I mean, like, and, and so then this Ann Arbor kindergarten teacher says children belong at drag shows. Children deserve to see fun and expression and freedom. They don't deserve to be locked up in a dirty church basement and told they are going to hell if they touch themselves too much, you know? So, I, I almost understand what they're trying to say in this second part, I guess, but little kids shouldn't be at drag shows. Like, what is the point of this? Like, I don't even understand what they think they're trying to accomplish, but you know, I kind of do because I've looked a little bit into the work of John money, who was the guy who, you know, convinced a couple to raise one of their children as a girl and just never tell them they were a boy. Right. Um, right. You know, and butchered this poor kid's life. You know, and then both of the brothers, you know, because they were twins, ended up killing themselves later on in life. You know, um, but the point is, is that one of the things that John Money says is that he believes that your sexuality is formed by early childhood experiences that determine what your sexuality is. So the quiet part that they're not going to say out loud is that I believe that they think if they do stuff like this, you know, like there's a video of this, by the way, I can't even post this on Facebook. It gets deleted. Like Facebook will delete this right. video if you post it. You know, this is not a mock-up. Like you can watch a video of this trans person, or I don't even know if they're trans, this drag queen leading a little girl around a freaking bar. Like I just, you know, it, you know, one of the things that, especially when we're discussing the books in schools thing that I, I keep having to deal with because once again, I'm in this dumb situation where I have to defend Republicans, even though I'm not one, right? Republicans want to ban books, you know? Oh, okay. Do you want to talk about what's in the books? Are we going to have a conversation about what is in the books? Do you, do you want to discuss? That's my biggest problem with the drag queen story time is right. what, what book are they reading? Is it about transing kids? Is it about dragging? Like, come on. What, what, what's that book being read that they want to read so badly to these kids? But yeah, hundred percent. Right, and that. So, and how is that not grooming? That that's the messed up right. thing. Is like, you know, what is it that you're not doing? The funny thing is, is that they're not going to get the results that they think they are because, you know, people don't become, you know, um, that basically, I guess we should say, sexuality divergent or something solely due to these experiences, and depending on how you know and when it happens to them like people who are exposed to sexual material at a young age frequently end up having mental illness problems later so it's not to say that it's a good thing you know um at all 
you know, you're playing with fire here. If you believe that this is how it's almost like they think this is how LG, the LGBTQ community can can replicate itself is through getting to our children, you know, and I, I want to be clear. I, I understand completely if there's a legitimate LGBTQ child who's living, say, in a hard right religious um, place and they're being abused, intervene. You know, call CPS. They, they shouldn't be made to go through that, right? But at the same time, right. for the most part, this is, if they were just, if this was just about that I want to be allowed to raise my kids the way I want and you're not letting me, then people wouldn't, that would be different. But the funny thing is, is that it, it's actually the right that has this problem. They want to tell conservatives how to raise their kids. They want to tell them what they must do. You know, and that's the weird thing because I, again, I'm dealing with this locally, even in a little country town. I never expected this, you know, but it's like they openly say we have to talk to kids about this stuff because their parents won't do it. We, you know, they're not going to raise their kids right. So we need to do it for them. You know, their attitude about it is that. And then they wonder why they're suddenly getting all of this pushback. You know, that that's well, duh. You know, and do you remember that like weird choir that made that we're coming for your children and it was like supposed to be a joke. And then it come to find out that a bunch of the people that were on that choir were actually sex offenders, you know, enthusiastically singing, we're coming for your children. I'm like, what kind of backlash do you think is going to come out of this? You know, because at the end of the day. Hasn't that that been the running theme, though, when it comes to uh, drag queen story hours and drag events for kids is where they keep having sex offenders found in these groups of people? Right. Well, that was another thing, actually, that just occurred to me. So there's another anti-fascist thinker who believed that we needed to normalize sex for children because they believed that fascism was sexual repression. Like, and these are old books. Like, that was, like, around the time of World War II. And I'm I'm planning on doing a more clear documentary about that kind of stuff because one of the things that my viewers have come to know about me is I'm very careful about my research. But when you start to look into the, especially the relationship between Antifa and this issue, it's because they literally believe that fascism is sexual repression. You know, so that, but one of the authors involved with that whole theory suggested you know, that as a consequence of that, children should just be normalized to having sex. So again, quiet parts out loud. These are the outrageous things that people are going to deny, you know, that has right. ever been said. You know, just like critical race theory, it went from the perspective of nobody is doing that and nobody supports it to, okay, some people support it, but still nobody's doing that. And then it's like, okay, we do support it. You know, and people are doing it and they should be like there were these different layers of denial slash just trying to lie about whether or not critical race theory was in schools, you know, and then when they got caught, then it just switched into, well, yeah, you're right. We're going to double down now, you know, so now not only is it happening, it should be happening, you know, and then every time there's a mass shooting that involves a Caucasian person, you will literally see. This is why we need critical race theory in schools all over the comments. You know, then then if a person of color engages in a mass shooting, it gets memory hold. You know, um, Daryl Brooks was a weird black supremacist, you know, 
guy who had anti-Semitic stuff on his Facebook, the New York City subway shooter who got memory hold. You know, I have a bunch of his videos. I have a bunch of his social media posts. That guy was a straight up black nationalist weirdo, you know, um, and those people don't exist, you know. So anyway, I don't want to deviate too much. But so you got attacked by Antifa and that's unfortunately not uncommon, you know, but I keep coming back to who do they think they're going to convince? Because listening to that and then listening to that heartbreaking story that we listened to earlier where this person, this brave person gets up and testifies in Florida is now thinking maybe they need to, you know, retreat into the, you know, and out of public life and not do any more activism because they're afraid. That's exactly what Antifa thinks they want. That's what they want to get out of this. And that's why I said, you know, to the conservatives in my audience who happen to participate in violent protests, you know that I don't in any way approve of violent activism whatsoever you know, but if you see somebody like Freya at one of these things and somebody's putting their hands on them, deal with it. Like seriously deal with it because they are risking their lives, you know, you know, for this cause. And, you know, it's important that people like you continue to do what you're doing and do so safely because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to terrify you into silence. It won't in the long run be effective. That's why it didn't work for the Nazis. That's why it didn't work for authoritarian communists. You know, but at the same time, you shouldn't have to be suffering through that kind of crap. You know, so I guess I want to go ahead and bring us around to like, you know, the final stretch here. What do you foresee in the near future? I mean, you sounded kind of blackpilled about it earlier. <laughs> like, do you, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Because I'm starting to see some pushback. Oh, no. Um a bunch of us have been affecting a change to make that light happen. Um, since I got on Twitter, that's been my driving force. I didn't jump on Twitter to, you know, sit here and do the cliche thing or, you know, do a LARPing or, or grieve people. Ever since I got on Twitter, my whole goal is to try and fix this problem and try and do something about it because I'm tired of it. And it's like, you know, I understand where shapeshifters come from. Obviously, I'm worried about my privacy and security, too. And I'm more or less worried about my family and them going after my family. And that's where it's like, I'm okay taking risks. I may cry about it a little bit because it gets scary and hard sometimes, but I'm going to still be there. I'm going to still be fighting. And I've had people tell me, oh, you're fearless, girl. You're fearless. And I'm like, I am not fearless. I am terrified but it's about what we do in those moments of fear. And it's about standing our ground on a situation. Like I'll, I will happily take a suicide pact and die on this hill to fight against the grooming of children. I don't care. That's a good life to me. And as much as I want to go back to living my life and being happy, seeing what's happening, I'm not happy there. I'm happy medically. I'm happy physically. It's not, you know, all roses and sunshine. There are always issues, but when it comes down to it, I'm happy. My transition has helped with my ideation so drastically. And, you know, I want to support people like Shapeshifter and Richie and Chloe and D-Trans in general, like my, my girl Velvet. I just want to protect people. And I also want to protect other transsexuals. And it's just mindless right now where 
nothing makes sense. Can't have logic. It doesn't belong in this dojo. And it drives me crazy that we have to hide and we're so terrified to speak out in the first place that we have no right to our own suffrage. I thought that's what we're fighting for trans rights, but I, I lost my right to speak out because I get menaced and threatened with guns and violence. And I'm not advocating for violence at all. I want a peaceful protest, but we need security. And I'm not monetized. I'm, I'm not a millionaire. I work my butt off. I paycheck to paycheck too. And, you know, I'm an average person, but I'm speaking out because I can't, I can't sit back and not do this anymore. But we are a minority of a minority of a minority. Because even though we're a minority as trans, we're a minority of that minority because we have rejected the ideology that's causing all this. And then being brave enough and having enough strength in our current position to speak out is another thing that makes us a split minority of that because even though they get past it, not all of us have the strength. So like I'm worried about, you know, which trans people we pull over to trans against groomers because some of them are distraught and upset and really struggling, especially like when you're talking about our D-trans allies. And it's not like I'm trying to retransition or detransition either. Uh, you can ask several detransitioners when it comes down to it. I will approach one of my friends in the D-trans community and be like, hey, I'm worried I may say something to affect them on this. They're talking about retransitioning. You know, um, here, can you help me here? And, you know, I want to help them. I, I'm not trying to pass the buck. I'm more than happy to talk with them and do what I can. But, like, I'm, I'm worried about me affecting them and pressuring them to go a different way because, you know, I don't support gender ideology, but I'm all for transition if it's right for the person. And that's where it comes in. It's like, I'm afraid that'll affect them where it gives them that out. But they've already gotten to this point in the D-trans and gone through a bunch of the process or surgeries and everything else to reverse it. And, you know, that's the other part where like shape brings up the lie about it. So like you can even check doctors, hospitals, they say that it is reversible, that this process is reversible, but D-trans is far more experimental than trans is. There's almost no information or research on it. And yet we're sitting there telling kids that they just stop whenever they want to. And we're finding out that's, that's not the reality of it. Um, once people do this, they end up having to be medicalized for the rest of their life, no matter what. And you're talking about 1.3, 1.6 million per child. There is definitely a monetary aspect to this that's being iced over and ignored. And when you're talking about therapists, even you're talking $200, $400 an hour and how it's this unattainable, unaffordable thing. And our, what good does that even do if we do get the therapy we need? Like we have this unchecked mental health problem and crisis in the country, but our mental health system and um, standards with the uh, therapy are just messed up and poisoned with this ideology. And you have queer theory literally part uh, um, of the course for this. So like, in the DSM-5, gender dysphoria isn't even a requirement anymore to be trans. Now it's an incongruence. Right. So we I have read about that. Somehow you could be trans and not be gendered. How? Non-conforming. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's the thing, Kate. That's how, why we're terrified, because we can't have tomboys. We can't have bronies in today's space. They automatically get trans. 
That Shut bothers me because I've always been attracted to tomboys, and I leave my tomboys alone. <laughs> but anyway, going, nope, sorry for the mild amount of levity. <laughs> no, no, please do. I'm, I'm all about levity, especially with the dark times. God, you have to laugh sometimes because it just gets so insane. First girl I ever kissed was wearing a baseball cap, a t-shirt, and jeans with her jacket tied around her waist. And one day, this kid who was bigger than me tried to, uh, you know, tried to fight me, and she literally jumped on him. <laughs> I, started, <laughs> I was so smitten. I'm like, oh, she's so wonderful. <laughs> anyway, I know. Well, like, how many times finish I have... what you were saying because you were in a good monologue there, and I, and I interrupted you because you people talk about tomboys, and it's one of my weaknesses. Oh, I don't blame you. It's one of the reasons why we fight. Like I said, you know, we have this space where you have a kid play with the wrong toy. Well, at least back in my day, we we just got the gay beat out of us. Nowadays, we opt them out of the gene pool and force them into a space with radical surgery. And there is an actual desistance rate by the time kids turn 18 because they want to omit that reality that, you know, going through puberty is their target point. And you're going to already be in an awkwardness. And when you're putting this lie that you can opt out of your sex, that you can opt out of your gender and switch them. Um, then you end up having reality hit you in the face with a baseball bat. Like you have a girl who has very painful um, periods. Maybe she has uh, PCOS and has really painful periods and thinks she can opt out of the space by changing gender and then finding out that that doesn't actually happen. Like another thing they, they omit is atrophy. I've gotten this argument so many times about atrophy. So atrophy is literally part of the process and you can't convince me otherwise i've gotten in arguments with transsexuals about that for a while now and it's like okay look at buck angel oh that's a freak occurrence it doesn't always happen i'm like okay well what about male to female and they're like oh that doesn't happen and i'm like okay testicular atrophy is literally part of the process because you're denying testosterone to your own testicles and they can go necrotic and it can like need to be removed because of that process and they, oh, that they just don't that whole necrot necrosis hurts like i had some necrotic fat cells in my abdomen and that was that felt like there was glass inside my body now we're talking about doing yeah. it to somebody's testicles that's just horrible you know it's one yeah, thing they you want said, to admit though, that. that stuck out in my head was you, you it was new to me like we're talking about non-binary affirming care what the hell's yeah. that gonna look like like are we going to, you know, I, I just <sighs> seriously, oh my goodness, what are they going to do to non-binary people? Like, okay, so I'm going to tell you this. Do not look this rabbit hole up unless you are prepared to reap a hor the horrorness of it. Um, I, I ended up mentioning it to a friend and like she came back to me traumatized looking up what it, what it was. So uh, since you're a straight male, I, I am assuming. Um, so do you know what a penectomy is? No. So a penectomy is a surgical process of removing your penis. And you're not seeking any other feminization. It's just about removing your penis. Or orchinectomies, where they remove your testicles. And you can choose to leave the sack or you can choose to not and keep the sack with the testicles removed. Um, there are multiple different procedures that they can do. And it's all for turning into non-binary care, like Shape was mentioning, you know, having the nipples removed or the breasts removed. So they look more alien 
non-binary affirming care right there. That's literally what it is. And then you take like D-trans or trans and why, like I, I mentioned, you know, I agree with the not medicalizing yourself any further because D-trans is actually where a trans woman and trans man can meet in the middle. Because if a D-trans man, so a former trans woman, after already having the same surgical scars from the process to be a trans woman, then has will end up going through the same process to become a trans man. So they'll have their breast removal, the mastectomy. They, if they had bottom surgery, they'll have to be offered the same procedure for a female to male transition process, which I do not recommend that. It's horrible. It has a 67% failure rate. Um, Scott Nugent is a great source on that. Uh, to find out about. And it's basically just a moose head on the wall. It, it's not functional, it's just decorative. It's just a cosmetic value that has a massive repercussion for it. And then you'll have like the phallus preserving vaginal plasty. So that one, it bothers the hell out of me. So like as a trans person, you think it appealed to me. And somebody with the DSD think it appealed to me, but it's insulting on both accounts. Okay, uh, you transitioned to mitigate gender dysphoria, and then I'd still have the penis, which is the point of having the bottom surgery is to not have the penis. Right. And then you're going to keep that, but then uh, the article I cited, they say it gives you a fully functional vagina. Okay, my first question with that is, what is fully functional to the surgeon? <laughs> This medical right, professional. We just heard somebody who has that surgery was like, "Yeah, I wasn't satisfied at all." Okay, but think about it this way: with shapeshifter, they used his penis in the procedure, so it had more feeling and sensation. Right. When this isn't using the penis, it's preserving it. Then what the hell is it for? How's that functional? It's it's just a meat curtain to impale yourself upon. That's it. That's their idea of functionality. It's just a fetishization. It is the same problem with everything that's happening, taking over something and fetishizing it and turning it into this shitty mess that it shouldn't have been in. And where I would love it if, if it was the way they were painting it, if it was true, you know, but it's cross-sex hormone replacement therapy. It's not CRISPR. We're not re rewriting genomes here. It's a penis inversion, not an organ transplant. So it's like the disconnect there and you'll have like trans women, like, oh, trans women are women. Okay, but the disconnect there and disassociation, but you're biological male. Trans women are, are trans women and we shouldn't be erasing and taking over the same experience as a biological woman because they're not the same shared experience. And it's messed up that we've gotten to this point of disassociation delusion and it has proved to be detrimental across the board. See, and I'm just kind of thinking back on what shapeshifter told us earlier and like how they felt they were lied to. And it just sounds like somebody who's being dishonest with you about a used car, like, you know, like they don't, it's not in their best interest to tell you everything because they're looking at that hundred thousand plus for the surgery they're going to get. You know, that's why the whole thing, you know, ironically, there should be a left perspective on this issue of profiteering by the same people. We're supposed to trust that the same people who grossly overcharge us for insulin to the point that it's cheaper to go to another country to get it, that those people we can trust to not 
put us in a situation where we're utterly dependent on them for the rest of our lives. You know, like I just is like, it, it's mind boggling to me, you know, but I just, so th this has been a fantastic conversation and I hope that, you know, you and I can talk again and, you know, what I'm planning to do and I keep saying, it, and I just haven't done it is I'm planning on just having panels of random people that I respect to talk about current events so sometimes you may even get to discuss things that like don't have anything to do with this. We might be, you know, talking about whatever. The point is, is that, you know, I, I really enjoyed talking to you. You're very well spoken and, and you know this stuff. And, I, you know, one of the things I want to say to my the right leaning part of my audience, which is rather large, is one of the things that you guys always ask me when I made it clear, for example, when I did my trans athletes and sports videos was that I don't have any reason to believe whatsoever that trans people are more likely to be pedophiles than anyone else. You know, I don't believe that, you know, trans people are inherently evil. There are trans people in my life. These are the kinds of people I'm talking about, folks. They do exist. You know, and so maybe you don't agree with their lifestyle choices, but that's the issue is that, however, you can coexist with this person. They're not going to hurt you, right? So when these people come forward and they're being targeted, then it, it behooves you to do something about it and to show your support. Because this is, this is the kind of conversation I'm talking about. Like, you know, the trans person used to watch my kids, an incredibly caring, you know, kind, gentle person, you know. And I, th that's why I said that there are trans people who think this whole thing is ridiculous and they, and more to the point, enraging, and now coming, going beyond that into the disturbing. You know, that's, right. it, that's where we're headed now. And so anybody who comes forward with this, you know, we've got to remember what, what it is that they're putting at stake. You know, like, I mean, if, if LA Antifa got their hands on you by yourself, I can only imagine what would happen, right? Portland I don't Antifa, want to. Right, I don't want to either. So make sure you keep yourself safe. Because they they don't have any rhyme or reason to anything short of you better obey. If we say you're not allowed to say something, you just better shut up. So I want to thank you for coming on. I, I shared your Twitter earlier, and I'll make sure it's in the description. Are you planning to do any content of your own, like any channels or anything? I know people have been asking me to, and I'll probably start a YouTube channel to put some content on there. Like uh, I got asked months ago to um upload the space me richie uh and a bunch of other people did on twitter that went real interesting because it was um radical feminist gc d trans trans dsd and it was a really interesting conversation and i didn't realize you know the first twitter space was going to help would get so much attention and just blow up the way it did and just floored me and still does um, so like at least being able to put that content and my videos up on for other people to see as well until they kick me off and block me from the platform since that keeps happening to a lot of us and you know at least try to get the truth out there more and have more content for people to be able to see and listen to um, following trans against groomers is a good way to go uh, we're on twitter you can find me at Freya Lee, uh, 5806. Um, and also feel free to send me articles or the articles you need me to cite and help with the thread and build the story. And I saw Laura, uh, Laura Haas commenting here and there. Lots of love, Laura. Call out to you. Yep. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, I usually talk to my guests very briefly off the air afterwards if you have a few minutes um, just okay. to decompress. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So 
I jumped on this interview and had to kind of be careful about how I worded the description. Um, I was hit for an alleged hate speech ban for a week for my stream intro. So I, I have no idea what in my stream intro may have done that. Um, but I mean, it was just a list of memes. You know, but we're in a situation with YouTube where they can go over six seconds of a multi-hour stream and decide to go after you. So it's imperative, folks, that if you have not already, go to my website, make sure that you have me on Rumble and on Odyssey. The reason I'm not over there live right now is that the way things are currently set up on my YouTube, it automatically uploads everything. Rumble will not let you delete videos. I don't know what that's about, but... You know, I didn't want to have a bunch of doubles on Rumble for sure. Um, I do really like Odyssey, and I hope that it continues to grow. Like, you can share pictures and memes in the chat. You know, it has all kinds of cool features. So we have to continue to support these mediums because I'm not going to stop. But the problem is, is that the, as, as silly as this is, for example, I just did a short video, and, I, and I'm doing YouTube shorts now because apparently that's what you're supposed to do. One of my videos literally got more views on TikTok <laughs> than it did on YouTube. That's how much the algorithm hates me. <laughs> if TikTok likes my video more than YouTube, um, you know, so I am on TikTok too, because I'm like, well, if I'm going to make all these shorts, why not just throw them on TikTok? You know, it's a quick upload, but make sure that you guys are, you know, subscribed. And, you know, again, also go to my social media. You can do all that at hy.page slash vradio. Uh, because that's really the only way to be sure you're actually going to get my stuff. It's the only because I always at everyone on fans of V Radio Facebook. I always at everyone on on Discord. I have Telegram channels, you know. Because at the end of the day, my motive here is yeah, I make like I think like eighty bucks a month in patrons. I got a pretty decent amount of money in uh, super chats like last month. But I don't really make anything that compares to like what the time I put in and all that. It's not really about that for me. And that's why I actually refused to take donations for the first year I came back and told you guys to send it to Kyle Rittenhouse instead. Because at the time, a lot of my content was about that. Um, you know, what I what does motivate me, though, is the legacy of me trying to do this thing. Because now that I'm disabled, now that I can't be out at these things, that's why I was like, I was finding myself compelled. I'm like, Jesus, if I was at a protest with this person, I'd want to be armed because if anybody came at them, I'd be like, you know, like, but I can't do that anymore. I, I get around with a walker and if Antifa ever figured out who I was, I'd be the next Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> you know, those guys, you know, the, the hoodie kids aren't putting their hands on me. Um, you know, so the, the point is, is that I, I can't do that anymore. So I do this instead. You know, what motivates me now is, is just trying to do my best to try to solve things with what little you know, power I have. The algorithm doesn't like people who tell the truth. They particularly don't like left-leaning people who are telling the truth. They don't like trans people who are telling the truth or black people that are telling the truth, which is why, you know, Strategic Eyes, one of my favorite channels, you know, African-American police officer, fantastic orator. He talks amazing and nobody knows who the hell he is. You know, but instead we get other channels that have enormous amounts of subs and, and the people that are running them in many cases are just dumbasses or the people who were fortunate enough to have gotten in back when it was easier to get subs. You know, like Neo Unrealist, he's awesome. You know, he helps me promote my stuff, but he's been stuck at like 30,000 subscribers and he's been around like since Sargon of Akkad started. 
you know, he's that's how this whole thing works. They're trying to control the narrative. I am hoping, and people have been asking me, am I going to do a video about Twitter, um, specifically Twitter interacting with the government? That is coming. But if you guys remember, I did a video not long ago specifically about why are they panicking about Twitter. And I went in and I, I brought up old articles. The mainstream media reported that the government, um, specifically through the military, the mainstream media reported this. This is not Alex Jones, that the military got you know, caught developing technology for the purpose of creating fake accounts to manipulate society. And they, of course, defended themselves saying that, oh, well, we only use this in other countries. I'm like, yeah, sure you do, right? Um, you guys can check out that video on my channel, but that's critical information. And I made it part of Do You Think for Yourself because, you know, censorship is at its core. The whole purpose of it is to try to control the masses. So thank you guys very much for tuning in. Thank you all for your support. If for some reason I vanish, you know, oh, and here you go. Laura says, thanks for the shout out, Freya. You know, um, it, you know, if for some reason uh, you, you know, I just disappear, share the hell out of my stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to get murdered or anything. That's not the issue. But I have a lot of health problems. So if for some reason I just stop. You know, the best way that you could honor me at that point would be to share my material, get these ideas out here, because a lot of these things I'm motivated by as I get older and start to come to terms with my own mortality. I'm like, there are so many things that I want to tell society, you know, and it frustrates me that I can't get them out to people. So be aware of that. You know, like I, I just thought about that the other day because Villain Report passed away and somebody was talking about you know, him having film of what happened when the Chaz Chop police murdered two people. And I was like, oh, shit, Billen covered that. And I had to go through his old channel. And I realized I'm going through the channel of a guy who's dead. Like, it was kind of morbid and sad. You know, like, what the hell? You know, and his Discord channel is still sitting there. And every now and then I'll talk to people on it. But the point is, is that, you know, I realized that if I hadn't shared that, nobody else would have thought to because they've probably forgotten about him. So... In any case, you guys have listened to me blab enough. Thank you very much. And um, I hope that those of you who have shown up now, you know, uh, who are new to the channel will consider giving me a subscription. I cannot promise, nor do I want you to agree with me about everything. Um, that's not actually my objective. I'm not Vosh or Stefan Molyneux, the right and left side of the coin, who just wants everybody to go along with everything they say. I want you to think for yourself. And remember the 5th of November.